right, take your Bibles, please. Join me. Ephesians chapter 6. In Ephesians chapter 6, we're talking about spiritual warfare and the need for the whole armor of God. Let's read verses 10 through 18 as we have been doing every week. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand. Stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. For the last two weeks, we have been considering the shield of faith. We're going to do so again tonight. Just a quick recap here before we get to some new stuff. Remember that faith that we are taking up is faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. By the way, He is also called the Word of God. We are taking up faith in Christ. We are taking up faith in God's Word. We considered how we get faith. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. And so we must be in the Word of God, reading the Word of God, But in addition to that, we must also be in church where we can hear the preaching of God's Word. And there we get faith. Many times, those who are struggling the most are those who have stopped reading their Bibles. Almost without fail. That's usually the problem when somebody comes along. How's your Bible reading? Well, it's not too good. I'm not as faithful as I wish I was. I can do better, and I used to read more. And I Can I tell you, you've got to get daily bread. You've got to collect manna every day. So a lot of times that's a problem, but in addition to that is people have curtailed their church attendance. And when you do those two things and you begin to forsake the Word of God, and you begin to forsake your church, you are going to see a weak faith develop because faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. And so you're heading for trouble when you begin to forsake God and His church. And we saw that once we have faith, we're to live by faith. The just are to walk by faith and not by sight. So we must walk by faith. And that's hard to do sometimes, isn't it? It's something I think we grow in throughout our lives. I don't want to hammer that too much because that's essentially our Sunday night series, Believe to See. We're talking about faith and things like that. Then last week we talked about how it is our destiny to be assaulted. (laughs) Amen. It's our destiny to be under attack. If you are in Christ, and the fiery darts will be shot at you. Isn't that right? 
You will be under attack. It's going to happen. Mark it down. You're going to be shot at throughout your lifetime. And understanding this will help you keep the right perspective when attacks come. We can identify those attacks as spiritual in nature and not as carnal. And we cannot respond then in our flesh, but rather we can respond in our spirit. And it's very important that we understand that the attacks are not flesh and blood, but they are principalities, they are powers, they are spiritual wickedness in high places. Without the shield of faith, you will drop out. Because what's going to happen is you're going to get your eyes on people. And if you haven't learned yet, people will let you down. People will disappoint you. People will burn you. And when you live with your eyes upon man, there's always a reason to drop out. If you want a reason to drop out tonight, Satan will give you a reason. There's plenty of reasons for you not to be in church. I always tell people, um, you have to work to stay married for 50 years. It usually just doesn't happen. Somewhere along the line, you had to decide, this isn't going to make us split. It takes work. It's the same thing in the spiritual life. If you want a reason to drop out, you can, but you have to work at this. And then we also considered those who don't drop out entirely, but they get wounded in battle because they did not have the shield of faith. And these wounded soldiers typically go into the opposite direction of their hurt. But they will often do so at the expense of doctrine. If they were hurt by overzealous lawgivers who were harsh and offered no grace, then they run over to the grace-only movement, all-grace movement, whatever you want to call it, where there's really no truth or law. Then for those who will see the hypocrisy in that kind of environment, many times we'll go all the way over to where it is all truth and no grace. It's all law. And what we need to do in this spiritual battle is... We are seeking for faith and we need to find a church that has the right balance of law and truth and mercy and grace. And then, stay put. Stay put. Quit bouncing around all over the place. Now, I'm obviously biased, amen? I think we are that kind of church. We are going to try and obey the Bible the best we can. But we're also going to be very gracious to all of us who are just seeking to grow in grace. None of us have arrived. And we'll talk about it tonight, but almost all of us have something in the closet that we don't want others to know about. I closed last week with how in this struggle for the right church which are becoming fewer and far between, our enemy shoots fiery darts of doubt at us. That was kind of the emphasis last week was this fiery dart of doubt because Satan wants us to give up. He wants you to doubt God's Word. And this is exactly how we've ended up with the myriad of churches we have, the myriad of doctrines we have in America. It's all because the authority of God's Word has been doubted. And what we need to do is just take up our shield of faith, nothing doubting. 
Believe God. Take Him at His word. Let God be true. Every man a liar. But once the enemy is successful in getting us to doubt, there's a domino effect of doubt which ultimately leads to compromise. And I ended last week by saying, I don't think I need to convince you, there are all kinds of darts. There's all kinds of things being shot at us. They come in all forms. Temptations, fears, infightings, gossip, slanders, doubt, depression, unholiness, feelings of being unworthy, unbidden thoughts, imaginations, desires, lust, jealousy, all manner of sinfulness. That's just to name some, and we could probably add a lot to that very easily if we wanted to. How many of you have ever been going about your day, and it's been a pretty good day, and then seemingly out of nowhere, a thought hits you of some terrible sin you've committed in the past? Where did that evil thought come from? Well, if you've confessed your sin to God, it's been washed away and He doesn't remember anymore. So the attack is not coming from God. And rather, it's a flaming arrow shot out by the wicked and He's hoping to catch you in a moment when you are not taking up your shield of faith for protection. Perhaps all of a sudden a sinful temptation rushes over you. Or perhaps you learn someone's against you. And you were under the impression that all was okay. Or conversely, maybe you begin to feel someone is against you because of something taken the wrong way. And listen, we could go through example after example, but I would think with our Wednesday night faithful, I don't have to convince you of all the ways that the attacks are going to come. The enemy is hoping he can score a direct hit where you will become sidelined, where you will no longer have joy in the Lord, that you will have a deep-seated guilt, a wrong emotion, something which will weigh you down and hinder your warfare. And the enemy starts to whisper lies in your mind about you and your standing with God through Christ. And those feelings of being undeserving begin to crop in. And I'm talking about the kind that are you have lost the fact that you've been bought with a price and that your standing with God is secure. None of us are worthy. So understand what I mean there. He starts to whisper lies about a friend. He gets you to dwell on wrong thoughts. And the enemy's going to unleash anything and everything to disrupt our relationship with Christ. And he will also do so in hopes of disrupting this body of believers. We must all take up the shield of faith. Paul has already charged them in Ephesians 4.3 to endeavor to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. But what Satan will do is he will keep shooting fiery darts in hopes that eventually some will hit its intended target in order that our church's unity in Christ will be disrupted. 
we've seen this occasionally. Satan will fire a dart and it'll hit the target and they'll go run off and gossip. Did you hear what the pastor said about you? I didn't say a thing. Disruption. A lack of unity. We've seen where Satan has been successful and it was all because of spiritual arrows launched during a spiritual battle, but the source was incorrectly identified as coming from flesh and blood. And now someone who was walking by sight and not by faith got hit and they're out of the battle. And I want you to understand tonight, Satan is not after high points in accuracy. He's not looking to be this highly accurate shooter. He's just going to barrage you and hope that one gets through because that's all it takes. Before the days of modern warfare, it wasn't uncommon for a line of enemy archers who would shoot arrows up into the battlefield in hopes of hitting the footmen before they came face to face with swords. They would sometimes light them on fire put something on there to make it burn. Not so much take out people, although that would be a goal, but really take out targets. Most of you have probably seen movie scenes of something like that taking place. Some flame out beforehand. Because if you shoot an arrow on fire too fast, it'll flame out. Many will flame out beforehand. Many will hit where it will do no harm. But every now and again, there'll be an arrow that does what it was intended to do. And it'll set on fire a target, a person. And listen, what I'm telling you tonight is this. You may be successful in most areas. But there's usually one arrow that finds its way into your life. Many of us would say that we're able to quench most of the fiery darts. But I think we would also all admit that there's this one besetting sin which keeps getting us. The wicked one shot so many arrows at you until he found one that would hit its target. And now he knows the one to keep firing at you. And with that one, he becomes very accurate. And into this weak spot, he's now going to keep firing more arrows to try to build upon that weakness that you have. He wants to exploit you further and add to the list of your besetting sin. Listen to me tonight. Make no mistake about it. Satan is after you. There is a devil there's not, why do we need salvation? Why are we sinners? Why? Satan's after you. He's after your spouse. He's after your children. He's after your home. He's after our church. He's after friendships. He's after your testimony. He's after your joy and peace. He wants you sidelined. He wants you in the company of those who have given up on church. 
He wants you to compromise doctrine. And while He can never take away your salvation, hallelujah, He's after your faith in the sense that He wants you out of the battle. In Luke twenty two thirty one, 31, the Lord said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan hath desired to have you, that he may sift you as wheat. Just as Satan desired to have Peter and the apostles, he still desires to get a hold of Christians today and sift them as wheat as in a sieve and put their faith in distress. Which is why in the next verse, Jesus told Peter, I have prayed for you that your faith fail not. Whatever the flaming arrow, whatever the tactic, the goal of all the attacks is to get you shaken in your faith. Boy, was Peter ever shaken in his faith. He was shaken around the night of our Lord's betrayal and sham of a trial. Peter had just boasted right before that. Though all men shall be offended because of thee, yet will I never be offended. But then Jesus told Peter, even in this night before the cock crow twice, thou shalt deny me thrice. And then Peter, he speaks more vehemently. If I should die with thee, I will not deny thee in any wise. But sure enough, around the fire that night came a flaming arrow. When a woman looked at Peter and said, Thou also was with Jesus of Galilee. He denied them. He denied him before them all, saying, I know not what thou sayest. And then Peter got up and he relocated himself to the porch. And the fiery darts kept coming. And another woman saw him. I don't have time to preach about women. And another woman saw him and said to everyone, This fellow also was with Jesus of Nazareth. But again, he denied with an oath, I do not know the man. And the fiery darts kept coming. And then more people said, Surely thou also art one of them, for thy speech bereath thee. And Peter began to curse and to swear. I know not the man. He just said before that, I will never be offended at thee. And immediately the rooster crowed the second time. The Bible says the Lord turned and looked upon Peter. And Peter called to mind the word that Jesus said unto him, Before the cock crow twice, thou shalt deny me thrice. And Peter went out and he wept bitterly. And listen to me please, you're heading for heartache when you do not take up your shield of faith. You are heading for hurt. He went out and wept bitterly. When your faith becomes shaken, you're in a bad position. 
And it's no wonder the Holy Ghost led Peter to write in 1 Peter 4.12, Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial, which is to try you as though some strange thing hath happened unto you. And in 1 Peter 1, verses 6 and 7, it says, Though now for a season, if need be, ye are in heaviness through manifold temptations. Manifold errors. That the trial of your faith, being much more precious than of gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. And you may get hit by a fiery dart. No, you will get hit by a fiery dart at some time. And your faith is going to be tried. Either through sin or through troubles. And sometimes your faith is going to be shaken. But what makes the difference is those who will get back up. Take up their shield. And stand once again. And having done all to stand. You say, I failed again. Yeah, I know what that's like. You say, but the trials keep coming my way. I understand that one too. But a just man falleth seven times and riseth up again. The difference is found in those who will learn from the fiery darts. The difference is those who will say by the grace of God... I'm not going to get bitter, but I'm going to get better. I want to tell you tonight to get back up. And get back in the fight again. And fight the good fight of faith. Paul told Timothy in 2 Timothy 2.3, Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. And I think Paul knew a thing or two about enduring hardness. He also told Timothy to war a good warfare. Holding faith. Okay, so you got hit by a flaming arrow. Join the club. Now recognize it as a lapse of faith, but then get back up and get back in the battle and stay in the war. War a good warfare. Endure hardness as a good soldier. And hold faith. Yeah, the arrows will fly in your direction. But is it also no wonder that the Holy Ghost led Peter to go on to write in 1 Peter 5 8, be sober? In other words, be watchful, be vigilant. Don't stop watching. Be sober, be vigilant. Because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. The devil is seeking for an opportunity when your shield of faith is not in place so that he can shoot the fiery arrows at you and score a hit. And listen, he wants to devour you. He doesn't just want you injured. He wants you off the battlefield. He doesn't play war like we've been doing in the last century. He goes for the head. And He wants you out. He wants you decommissioned. He wants you of no value in the kingdom of Christ. So what's the answer? 
Well, Peter went on to write in the next verse, and get this, in 1 Peter 5, 9, whom resist steadfast in the faith. I want you to notice how remarkably similar this is to Ephesians 6. That word resist means to stand against. (laughs) And it's the same Greek word in Ephesians 6.13 where we are told to take the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand the evil day. That word resist in Peter is the same word as withstand in Ephesians. And to be steadfast means to be solid, to be stable, to be strong. Therefore, we resist the devil or we withstand the devil by being strong. How do we do this? We put on the belt of truth. We put on the breastplate of righteousness. We put on the shoes of peace. And we take up our shield of faith. He said, resist steadfast in the faith. This would be the same as Paul saying in our text, Take the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. Now I want you to get what Ephesians 6.16 is saying about this shield of faith in relation to these fiery darts. It says, taking the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. I want you to notice how effective the shield of faith is. Notice its effectiveness. With the shield of faith, ye shall be able to quench the fiery darts. To quench means to extinguish, to go out. It's the same word in 1 Thessalonians 5.19. Quench not the Spirit. So we are told here that by taking up the shield of faith we will be able to extinguish or quench the fiery darts. This means when you do get hit with a fiery dart, it's because you do not have the shield of faith up in that particular area. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Because I'm going to put it down in your living room here in just a second. When that fiery dart hits you, you do not have your shield of faith in that area. Because this verse says, you shall be able to quench them with the shield of faith. And I want you to notice that word in verse 16, all. (laughs) All means all. Someone said all means all, and that's all all means. It means all, any, every, the whole, all manner of, as many as. Therefore, I want to Return to that fiery dart which is besetting you and that you just can't seem to protect yourself from. According to this verse, are you listening to me tonight? According to this verse, you can overcome it. You shall be able to quench all the fiery darts. All of them can be extinguished. When there are holes in your shield of faith, then you can't 
But when there are no holes in your shield of faith, you can quench all the fiery darts. Every one of them. And if that's not true, then God's Word is a lie. Yeah, you may have been hit early on in your Christian life with this one arrow over and over again. And yes, Satan may know your particular weakness. And yes, you may have grown bitter in your old age. And Satan found a new successful arrow to use in your life. But you can quench all the arrows with the shield of faith. Here's the problem. We just need to stop trying to quench all the fiery darts in the power of our flesh. It's a spiritual battle. Faith is spiritual. 2 Corinthians 10, 3-6 says, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but are mighty through God to pulling down strongholds, casting down imaginations, and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God, and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ, and having in readiness to revenge all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. Stop trying to quench the fiery darts in your flesh. I'm telling you, this is the problem. Pastor, I'm just not getting victory in this area. And I, all right, how are you going about it? Well, I'm, I'm putting all this in place and I'm doing it. Have you been in the Word of God? Well, not like I should. Why aren't you here Sunday night? Why aren't you here Wednesday night? That's why you don't have victory. Because you're trying to do it in, this, in the power of your flesh. And when you try to take on Satan's fiery darts in the power of your flesh, you're going to lose the battle every time. He's stronger than you are. But I got good news. He ain't nowhere near as strong as Christ. And if you will take on the fiery darts with the shield of faith, you will win every time. It takes being strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. And here's the key. According to the passage I just read from 2 Corinthians chapter 10, and you're going to like this. Here's the key. It takes obedience. That's it. If you want to cast down, if you want to pull down, if you want to bring into captivity, whatever sin, whatever the fiery dart, then you must be obedient to God. Come on now, help me preach. Well, I get alone with this girl and I just can't help myself. Duh. Amen. Well, I get alone and I just find myself at the computer. You must be obedient. Then you will get back up and have a readiness to revenge all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. In other words, when you are obedient, it revenges all your disobedience. It all comes down to simple obedience. Well, I can't get victory. Yes, you can. Jesus said the flesh is weak, but the spirit is willing. 
If you're going to be victorious when you're battling this warfare, you must take up the shield of faith. Stop warring after the flesh. People often say, but I can't. Well, you're right, in a sense, you can't. But he can. I just can't get victory over this sin. No, you can't. But through Christ, you can. It isn't insurmountable. You're just looking at it through flesh. 1 Corinthians 10.13 says, There hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above all that ye are able, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape, that ye may be able to bear it. And what's interesting is in the next verse, Paul writes, Wherefore, my dearly beloved, flee idolatry. Flee whatever the sin is. Be obedient. Proverbs 4, 14 and 15 says, Enter not into the path of the wicked and go not in the way of evil men. Avoid it. Pass not by it. Turn from it and pass away. And in Job eleven fourteen 14, it says, If iniquity be in thy hand, put it far away. And let not wickedness dwell in thy tabernacles. Can I tell you, just stop complicating the Christian life. Stop complicating the Christian life. Just obey. Trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus than to trust and obey. What are you trusting? The Word of God, your shield of faith, and then obey. Take up faith in the Lord and faith in the Word of God and obey Him and His Word. And once you get back up, Once you get back up, let obedience overcome disobedience. Then it's time to fight again. And then it's time to earnestly contend for the faith once delivered unto the saints. And so are you earnestly contending for the faith? Or are you out of the battle? Or are you too wounded to really be effective any longer? Listen, you can be victorious because greater is He that is in you than he that is in the world. And you are more than conquerors through Christ who loves us. This Roman shield was about four and a half feet tall and about two and a half feet wide. And it's been said that wives would tell their husbands, come home with your shield and not on your shield. Their shields were long enough, they were big enough to carry the wounded and carry the dead off of the battlefield using their shield. And no family wanted to hear that their loved one did not come home carrying his shield. Because it meant something went wrong in battle. Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. Let's carry our shields. Let's be victorious by faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. Pray with me, please.